I think Deb told me this and I didn't even remember. I did, I forget what workout I did. Like the day I went to go get blood work done. And then the next day they called me and they're like, you need to go to the hospital. Um, I can't even remember what I did, but I want to say like, I didn't do that bad. I can't remember what workout it was, but like my blood counts were so low. I don't know how I like managed that. I think it was because like I had a background already of like um, working out and like my body was kind of like prepped for that. As fitness enthusiasts, we love to hear human interest stories where exercise and community have played a vital role in the transforming of people's lives. Behind any documentary are hours and hours of footage left behind on the editing room floor. Oftentimes, as viewers of these remarkable stories, we are left wanting more. We've created Beyond the Journal to dig a little deeper. Hear how their 15 minutes of fame has impacted their journey. We'll see where they are now and what's next. If you like what you hear, please write a review, give us a five-star rating, and subscribe to the podcast. We're also available on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. You can check us out there at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. I'm Scott Schweitzer. And I'm Kat Shear. And, and we're, we're taking, taking you beyond the journal. journal. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Journal. My name is Kat Shear, and I'm here with my co-host, Scott Schweitzer. How you doing, Scott? Doing great. How are you? Good, thanks. So we are here to bring you the story behind the story, right? So we take um, CrossFit Journal um, episodes and articles, and we try to find those people that were written about um, or displayed on the website, and we try to get to know them a little bit better, um, understand their backstory and sort of find out where they are now. So today's guest is Riley Dennis. Riley, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. So Riley, just to give everybody a little background, um, back in March of 2018, you were featured in a CrossFit Journal article um, where you experienced a traumatic uh, car accident. You were hit by a car. Mm -hmm. um, and the quote that I remember the most was on your medical chart when you were discharged, it said, patient is in excellent physical condition. Yes. Um, and it sort of took the story to a new level in that, you know, CrossFit essentially saved your life or, you know, prepared you for this traumatic experience for you to come out the other side. Um, so that's sort of the 30,000 foot view of your story that everybody sort of got to know and went viral. Um, but we'd like to know a little bit more about you, your background, how you started CrossFit, and then spend a little bit of time of getting to know you since all that transformed, because I imagine there's a lot more going on with your life now um, than then that's probably a little newsworthy as well. Yeah. Um, so I started CrossFit in September of 2011. I was dating my now husband, and he he basically was like, he didn't say we're going to break up if you don't do CrossFit, but he was basically like, come on, Riley, like, let's do CrossFit. Um, Cause he was very involved in it. He went to the gym a couple times um, where we went to school with me and saw, I was basically just doing like the elliptical for hours and then doing random weights. And I was spending a long time in the gym and he's like, come on, like, you know, just try it out. So I tried it out and I was instantly hooked. 
So that was in September of 2011. And I want to say when I was hit by the car in 2016, I, I want to say I was in like the best physical condition shape I was, I've ever been in, in my life. Um, I was competing like every month uh, in just like local competitions for fun. You know, I wasn't expecting to go to the games or anything like that, but it was really fun for me, something, you know, a great hobby that I had and obviously kept me in great shape. So yeah, I mean, I was in really good, really good shape. I didn't break any bones. Um, I was hit by a car. The car was going uh, 40 miles per hour, I think. And it hit me head on. I immediately like got knocked out. And then I was, um, they put me in an induced coma. Oh, wait, is that what that is? Yeah, with like a breathing tube and stuff like that for a couple days to get my brain swelling down. But I don't really remember a lot of the hospital stay, thankfully, but yeah, I didn't break any bones or anything like that. And I really think it was because I had a, a bunch of muscle protecting my bones um, from getting hit. So um, is that kind of what you wanted to do? Yeah, no, that's okay. great. Yeah. I want to, I'm, I'm, we're going to backtrack even more though. Tell us a little bit about your athletic history, you know, prior to you getting married, maybe growing up before you found CrossFit really nothing to talk about. Um, I ran in high school for, I think like one or two years. Um, I, I, I tried a lot of sports growing up, you know, it, one cool thing about my mom is like, if I, you know, she didn't like push me to keep doing anything. So if I didn't like something, I would try something new. So I basically tried a bunch of things. And then I think first year of college, I was doing a lot of spin classes. So I would like stay for hours and do spin, um, like the cycling. And then I just started doing random things at the gym. So it's not really like a cool athletic background or anything. I basically just started from nothing, which is cool about CrossFit is that anybody can do it. Yeah. Um, literally anybody. Was your husband doing CrossFit when he encouraged you to do it? Or did you guys yeah. both start together? He had started no, he, prior to. He was already doing it. Yeah. For okay. a couple of years. And are yeah. you at the, were you, did you start at the same box that you're at now? No. Um, I started at a gym called Mountaineer CrossFit in Morgantown, West Virginia. And um, now I haven't because of all the COVID stuff, but um, my gym is still Iron Forged CrossFit. Um, so that's, or it's athletics now. So Iron Forged Athletics um, is where I still go, but because of all the COVID stuff, I haven't um, I haven't been able to go into the gym for probably since February. Okay. So I've been doing so, a lot of stuff at home. Okay. And your accident happened in 2016, correct? Yep. Fourth of July weekend. Just tell us a little bit about that weekend building up to to the accident. What was happening in life? Oh man, we were we are partying with our friends. We went um, on a trip to Florida. My friend moved there. And so we went to um, kind of visit her, but also to all hang out. It was a bunch of people. We had a, um, a competition class at our gym. So it was like pretty much like all of us from the comp class. And we were all down there just hanging out, going to the beach. We kept calling it a staycation. And then I stayed there for two weeks. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, 4th of July, we were just, we were downtown. We ate dinner. We were going bar hopping, I guess. We were just having fun together. And then crosswalk, got hit by a car. So, but so we went down there to hang out. Okay. And yeah. what were the circumstances of the accident? Was the driver, was he impaired? He or she impaired? Was it just wrong place, wrong time? 
he he was drinking and florida is a no-fault state so he actually didn't get like anything i think he got his license suspended for three months um because of their laws he basically i think he he swerved around a car that was like turning and then swerved around and then hit me and then ended up hitting another car um but he told the he told the officer that he had been drinking and he did a field sobriety test and i guess he passed that they didn't breathalyze him and he got to go home um yeah how do you feel how do you feel about how do you feel about that how do you sort of reconcile that in your brain in your brain and in your heart i'm kind of i'm pretty much at peace with the whole thing there's nothing i can do about it it's kind of like that and i know that there's nothing i can do about it um i'm obviously okay um i have a three-year-old now so we conceived like shortly after my accident um I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like I don't have any issues really from, um, the accident. I I do have some nerve damage in my right leg still. Um, but that's pretty much it. I'm very, very fortunate to have, um, to not have anything from that. Yeah, that's great. Cause I know, um, when the article came out, you still had a little bit of residual damage to your leg and some, some nerve things and, and whatnot. So what was that recovery like? I had to learn how to walk again. Um, and because it was a brain injury, I've talked to a lot of friends that work with um, people with like in the military, especially with TBIs, um, traumatic brain injury. They have a lot of issues with like vision and stuff like that. And thankfully I don't have any of that, but after getting a brain injury, a couple months was pretty much a blur. Like I don't specifically, I, I remember a couple things, but like my whole hospital stay, I pretty much don't remember. Um, and then after I don't, but I had to learn how to walk again. Um, I had what's called drop foot, which I don't remember. I just have pictures and videos of it. That's why I know what, you know, that I had it, but I had drop foot. So I wasn't able to move my right foot, which is where I have like that nerve damage um, for a little while. So I had to wear like a brace on it. Um, I had to use a walker (laughs) for a while. So when I was discharged from the hospital, I, when I got back here, I I did physical therapy. I want to say for maybe like three or four months after it. And they basically, one of the biggest things for me that I can remember was not being able to walk downstairs, um, like in hills kind of scared me too. It was like the, the, something with like depth and whatever they were, I can't even remember how they described it, but it was, it was scary to me. So I had to kind of like learn how to walk down the stairs again, um, just because it was very frightening for me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Did you Learning have any how to drive was scary too again. So so what does that look like? So when people say when I hear people have, you know, brain injuries and they say, I learned had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to do this. Like what does that actually mean? Like I I couldn't walk. Like I I don't know because again, I was still like my I don't it was it's very foggy, um, but I have a lot of videos from it. Um I, I don't and like I and think like the driving like, part. When you talk about driving, is it like you couldn't coordinate like the brake and the accelerator or did you I, like forget what to do? It wasn't that I forgot. Okay. So I, that I misspoke. It wasn't that I forgot how to drive. It was that it was scary for me. 
to drive. Okay. Not because I remembered getting hit by the car, but because of the whole like walking down the stairs thing. It was something with movement and me being in that situation. So something in my brain had to kind of be retrained. Um, I'm sure like somebody professional could like <laughs> explain that better than I am, but I, it was kind of a fear maybe, or okay. just not it was something with depth is what I'm like trying to like say. Um, Got it. Yeah. But I know that I could not walk. Like they had to retrain my brain um, how to walk and stuff like that. Interesting. And so um, what kind of support did you get from family, friends, your husband during all this time? Oh, a lot of support. I mean, so much support. They did a fundraiser for me. They sent me like flowers. They sent me, I think they sent me food, um, well wishes. Um, I had a lot of support for my community um, and especially my gym. Yeah. We, yeah. we hear that a lot that the community part is just really helpful. Yeah. Um, okay. So this article comes out. What what did your life look like, you know, the day or weeks following this article coming out? Did you get like a big response where people, did people not know your story? Were you getting communicated through email or chat or something with people responding to the article? Oh, the, following the article. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, most people in the community knew about, knew about it before because the article came out in what, 2018? Yeah. A couple so, years after. Most people knew about it, um, but then people that didn't know, yeah, they like would message me and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Especially my one friend who lives in Hawaii, she didn't realize like how bad it actually was because I, I downplay things. I'm like, yeah, I got hit by a car. And they're like, what? So mm -hmm. I don't really like tell people, you know, I just, I kind of downplay it because I don't want the awkward, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. So when she saw it come out, like people like that who didn't really realize how bad it was. Yeah. Of course they called me and messaged me. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I'm so sorry. So yeah, I still got some outreach. So I have a question. You, you still don't remember the actual accident, correct? <clears throat> so that all you know is what you've been told after the fact. Does that make it easier to downplay it because you don't even remember it happening? Yeah, I don't even remember it happening. I, I was, I literally was walking in the crosswalk. I was like, my friend Ashley and my husband were behind me. And I, he said that I like looked behind and smiled at him. And then they both watched me get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I don't remember anything. Are you glad you don't remember? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like people think like when I'm at a crosswalk now, they're like, like, I've had a lot of people ask me, oh my gosh, like, are, you know, does it freak you out? No, <laughs> I still have to be reminded to look both ways. But even if I looked both ways, I still would have gotten hit. This guy was, he was coming for me, but yeah. But it's a good thing that I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely no PTSD or anything. That's, that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, so how did CrossFit reach out to you to, to do this article in the first place? I think my friend Deb, she is, she looks at the journal like every day. Um, I think they were asking for um, inspiring stories or something like that. And I think she wrote to them. And then I can't remember the lady's name, but she reached out to me and um, 
like, Hey, like, can we write art? And I was like, absolutely. So that's, that's how that came about. I think Deb is the one that um, wrote in and said, Hey, like this girl, Riley, um, she's one of the, she was one of the coaches at the gym too. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what's been going on since the article came out. A lot has been going on. So I had my son or our son. Um, and then, so that was in 2017, he was born. And then October of 2018, um, I was diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia. And um, so I've been, I'm still, I'm in remission, but the maintenance part is still going on and that should be done in December of this year. So I've been doing lots wow. of cancer stuff. Yeah. Right. So how has that played in with um, your CrossFit training and your overall level of fitness and how you think maybe that's helped you? It's helped me for sure, but I've had to definitely take a step back. Um, I had a, it's called a um, Hickman catheter. It's like a port. Um, I have to, I have to say port all the time. Cause when I say catheter, people think of like an actual catheter and I'm like, no, like it was right here. Um, it was external though. So port is like under your skin and this was the same thing as a port, but it was outside. Um, that I couldn't do anything overhead. I obviously couldn't put a bar here. Um, so for a while I was, it was frustrating for me because I was very limited when I would go to the gym, I had to modify everything. Um, the coach pretty much had to write me a completely new workout because there were so many things I couldn't do. Um, if that came out, um, of the vein that it was in, that would be very bad. Um, so I had to do a lot of different things. Um, but it definitely, you know, helped me. I was still trying to, I think Deb told me this and I didn't even remember. I did, I forget what workout I did, like the day I went to go get blood work done. And then the next day they called me and they're like, you need to go to the hospital. Um, I can't even remember what I did, but I want to say like, I didn't do that bad. I can't remember what workout it was, but like my blood counts were so low. I don't know how I like managed that. I think it was because like I had a background already of like, um, working out and like my body was kind of like prepped for that. Um, but I honestly can't tell you. I, I remember being on the assault bike like a couple months before and my friend Jenna was coaching and she's like, I think I was at like a hundred Watts or something. And I was like out of breath. I like couldn't even, I was very, very hard for me. And that's my platelets um, were so low that, and my hemoglobin was low. All that stuff was like super low and it was very, and I didn't even, obviously at the time I didn't know what was going on with me. Um, so she's like, you know, come on, Riley. Like, what's, you know, why are you going so slow? <laughs> and it was because. Was that one of the sort of the symptoms that, that made you go ahead and get some medical attention? Like how did, how did the, the diagnosis come about in terms of your health and how you were feeling? So I had a really bad um, menstrual cycle in August of that year. So I went to um, an OB. Um, my iron was low, which like, I mean, obviously it's going to be low um, from, you know, it being so bad. Um, so I went there and then I went to a, I went to my dentist because I was like Google searching. I had some swollen lymph nodes. And at the same time that that was going on, um, people told me that like, uh, my friend Maida was like, your face is super pale. And I was like, oh no, like I'm just pale. And she's like, no, like 
like, you know, your color's off. I was like, okay. So like, I didn't even think about that, but I had gone to the dentist because I had swollen lymph nodes, went to the dentist, they did x-rays and all these tests. And they're like, it's nothing with your teeth. Like I thought I had a tooth infection or something. So they're like, go to an uh, ear, nose and throat doctor. So I had gone to one and they didn't take any blood or anything like that. After I went to that, um, I kind of just didn't know. So I finally made an appointment to go get blood drawn at a um, primary care physician. And that appointment was like a month out because they're so busy. And when I finally went in October, they called me like the next morning. They're like, you need to come in. And I'm like, no, like I have to teach a class tonight, not coming in. I can come in the next day. And then they called me again. They're like, Dr. Parker really needs to see you. So I went in and he's like, he didn't tell me what he thought it was, um, but he's like, you need to go get a bone marrow biopsy. And I'm like, okay. So I went and they sent me to Duke. And then I was in there for like 22 days or something like that. Oh man. And how old your son at the time of the diagnosis? Um, he was a year and a half. Okay. Wow. Do you have family that lives close by? No. No. So just friends and, and hubby to help out with, with everything that's going on. Yeah. But my in-laws and my parents both came down for that. And then my parents ended up taking um, my son to, to where they live. Okay. Yeah. For a couple of weeks, like while I was there, because I mean, he had, he had come to visit me at the hospital, but like, I ended up having to go back last year for a finger infection. <laughs> it made my body septic. So that was fun, but I didn't let him come to the hospital last year I would, because mm -hmm. I had remembered it. I really think it like emotionally hurt him to see me, to see me in there and to be away from me. So I didn't have him come to the hospital last year. And looking back, I kind of wish that I didn't have him visit me there, but I was also there for like three weeks. So I didn't really okay. want to not see my son for three weeks. Sure, sure. But that so was hard for me. So you're in full remission now, though? Yeah, I'm in full remission. But because of, like, how rare it is, they, they could obviously tell you better than I am. I'm, like, the worst at explaining medical stuff. But it's basically, like, they do the – I'm in a pediatric protocol. So it's crazy to think that a child gets all that chemo. It's just insane to me, like mind blowing that the child would get all that chemo and be okay. But um, they do it in that way. So I go in once a month for chemo, like a five minute infusion. Um, every three months I was getting what's called a lumbar puncture. It's spinal chemo. I had my last one two weeks ago, thank God. And um, I take oral chemo every day. And that is, it's basically supposed to be like a two year maintenance, but I, told them like a few months ago I'm like I'm done in December I'm done so that's my last my last one is in December so and they're cool with that because there's no really like research like if you stop at a you know earlier than the two-year mark there's you know it's not like a so so I'm assuming like it it you were sick it makes you sick to go through that much chemo Sometimes. So I, I usually feel bad after like spinal chemo, like that stuff's nasty. I have brain fog. I'm kind of glad that we postponed this to, um, 
to later on because like last week I was feeling super foggy and that was a whole week after. Um, I did, looking back at pictures, there are some, I, I looked pretty bad at certain points when the, when the chemo was super strong. I don't think that I got super sick um, often, thankfully, but um, sometimes I did. It's, everybody's gonna be different because I'm in some groups and some people get like very sick all the time. And thankfully I did not get sick all the time. Did you think it affected you being a mother? Absolutely. Like uh, in 2000, what is it? 2019, like that spring, I was still doing like the intense phases. I would have a sitter here and I was actually borrowing my friend's nanny. So she would be here. And then when I would get home, I would, I would put a movie on and like lay on the couch. So yeah, absolutely. Because that's not, you know, that's not cool. Just like laying there, but there was nothing else I could do. Like I was, I was, I was very tired. Um, I just felt like a slug and I would just like lay there. So. And for someone so active before this, that, I mean, it, it was a complete life change. Oh yeah. Complete life change. Um, the biggest things I was able to do, especially because like I had that in, um, that, that porta cath in there or not porta cath, but, um, catheter in there. Like I would just ride but like a bike around my neighborhood. I have like a carry on. So my son could be in the back of it. So that would be like exercise or I would like go on walks and stuff like that. Um, and then when I finally got this out, I was able to go back to doing like weights and stuff like that. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Like I don't work out every day. Um, Thankfully, I don't really feel bad all the time, but especially like following spinal chemo. I mean, like I didn't want to do any kind of physical activity for like a week after. So it's definitely affected me. Um, thankfully, not every day, but a lot of a lot of the time it does affect me. Are, are you looking forward to not taking the medicine and being able to get back to full? Absolutely. I mean, I'm like, I don't do like any medication at all. And then this, like these past two years, yeah, I'm taking chemo every day. And that's, it bothers me when I think about it, but I'm almost done. <laughs> and um, I, the biggest thing is, is I don't like, it's the type that I was diagnosed with is they say that it's the hardest to beat, but it has the best prognosis. So I, I'm doing the maintenance because I don't want it to come back because if it does, if it did come back, um, the next step would be like a bone marrow transplant. And then that's, oh my God, I wouldn't be able to see anybody, especially now with COVID. I wouldn't be able to see anybody, like not even my husband for like over a month. I'd be by myself in a hospital. Yeah. That's so, a lot to ask. Yeah. Is, um, is, so is the leukemia, and I know I have some friends that um, have it as well. Is it considered like cro a chronic? Mine was acute. Or no? No, nope, mine was okay. B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Okay. So, so it's A-L-L, right? Yep. Is that what it's? Okay. T-cell though, because T-cell is like rare and then B-cell, like more people have it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So obviously you got a lot going on. <laughs> what are, what are some things you like to do, you know, for yourself to sort of keep you sane? Um, aside from the exercise when you can't always do that, but I know you've got a business that you're pretty proud of and, and, and things that you've got going on. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I love teaching. 
Um, I teach essential oil classes. I'm also a dietitian. Um, so I love teaching people about health and wellness. It's taken a step back because I'm not really able to teach in person. So I think this year I've only been able to teach like three in-person classes, which is really hard for me. But something that I do love to do is to teach people. Um, I'm able to do a lot of phone calls with people. So it's not the same as being in person. Sometimes we do Zoom or FaceTime. So again, it's not the same as being, you know, physically with somebody, but that has definitely kept me sane. Um, just talking with people, helping them with their health concerns, helping them to live a healthier lifestyle through like natural products and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm an essential oil idiot. Um, can you <laughs> give me like the little five minute uh, introductory lesson on, on what they are and what they do? Yeah. So they are volatile aromatic compounds by definition. Um, they're going to be found in like plants, seeds, um, bark, citrus rinds, flowers, all parts of the plant. So they're either steam distilled or cold pressed. So the cold pressed would be more like a citrus one. So if you think of like a lemon, it's like a lemon essential oil would not be from the inside of the lemon. It'd be from the outside, like the rind. So you don't have to worry about like acid and the acid part and stuff like that. Um, that you would get from like the inside. Cause a lot of people ask me that they're like, Oh, if I drink lemon essential oil, am I going to be, you know, hurting my stomach? You won't be. Um, cause it's from the rind part. Um, but there's obviously antioxidants. It's super uplifting. Um, but they can be used for all different kinds of things to support your body. So they can support your digestion. They can support, um, your mood, um, your nervous system, your immune system, all kinds of things. It just kind of really helps in simplest terms, your body go into um, like balance, like homeostasis. So it, it supports your body in a way that, so if you think of like elderberry syrup, right, that's going to actually increase your white blood cell count to help you. You know what I mean? It's going to constantly be building that up. Um, essential oils aren't necessarily going to do that. It's going to help to support that so that when a threat does come, it's going to be able to help fight it off better. So that kind of makes sense. So it's mm -hmm. going to be supporting your body. So do you ingest the oil? Is that so you can use them three ways. So you okay. can use them um, internally, topically, um, and aromatically. So aromatically would be like like a diffuser. Um, when you breathe something in, it's going to go through your olfactory nerve to your limbic system in your brain, which is going to be responsible for things like sleep, behavior, memory, and emotions. Um, and that's going to be the fastest way pretty much to get oils in your body. You're going to be breathing that in. It's going to go directly to your limbic system and then circulate in your body. Um, topical use is another way. Everything you put on your skin, it's going to be circulated in your body. Um, and then internal use as well. Um, we actually recommend we, that you use um, oils internally. Um, they're very powerful that way. Um, not all can be taken internally. If there's not a supplement label on um, the bottle, you can't take it internally. But if there is a supplement label on it, you can take it internally. It just says like serving size to one drop. It look, looks like nutrition facts. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I don't and know. So what, it's, oh, sorry. So I don't ahead. know what company you use, but I love the peppermint for as a CrossFitter uh, topically on my muscles. Yeah. Um, nothing feels better than a heated up peppermint oil on your, on your muscles. Awesome. Do you, it's, I use doTERRA. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, have you tried deep blue? Oh yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the money. Yeah. Deep blue is awesome. 
Yeah. I, I feel like I'm missing the boat on all this stuff. I've like, I know nothing about it. I'm going to have to try it now. Yeah. <laughs> I can send you some stuff if you want me to. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So day in the life right now, Riley, what's, what's it look like for you? Well, like days like today, um, my son's in school. So typically, uh, because I do live about 30 minutes from his school, um, I usually work at um, just like a little coffee shop by his school and I get some work done while he's in school, pick him up and then we come home and I usually we play outside for the rest of the day. But it's yesterday was my birthday and it downpour rained all day and then today it's raining as well. So I was like, sweet. Um, but basically just finding things for him to do when I'm when I'm with him. Um, I do teach him a little bit at home, but me working is a little bit more challenging right now because he's three and he wants my attention 24 seven. So like if he were to be home right now, he'd be like, like in my face on top of me because I'm just <laughs> sitting here. Um, so typical day would basically be get trying to get, squeeze work in and also entertaining my three-year-old. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So let's go back to CrossFit again, because most of our listeners obviously are, are fans of the sport. Are you, um, do you follow the CrossFit games at all? Are you, are you tapped into A little what's bit, happening? Yeah. Um, and my husband usually, he's bought like all the, we have like all the fittest on earth. Um, oh, nice. The, sh- the movies and the shows and stuff like that, that they come out with. So we, I've seen some of them, like, I feel like like 30 times. I mean, like we watch, we watch them a lot, but yeah, we really do like to watch the games. We like to watch um, regionals and do that. They, they don't do regionals. They do regionals now. Not anymore. Yeah. No, it's sanctionals. But... Anymore. Yeah. Um, but we did like to watch regionals. Um, we've actually been to a few regionals. Oh, nice. Which ones? Yeah. The ones in Maryland. So I think okay. we went in cause the team Mountaineer CrossFit, um, we actually, my husband was on that team for regionals, um, back in. Oh, very cool. God, what year was that? 2011, maybe. And then my friend Teresa was on it the next year too. In 2012, we went to regionals that year. And I want to say we went in 2013 too. Um, Nate Schrader is the old owner of our gym. Yeah. I know he, Nate. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he's a friend of ours. We actually just got to see him in May. Um, we went and saw him at regionals when he went with him and Rory when they went. And I think that was in 2012 and our okay. friend Jordan he was there too. I, I remember one of the first regionals that I went to um, was 2014 maybe. And we stayed wherever we went to eat the one night. I remember Nate was there eating and it was like, yeah. one of those, we're like, Oh, Oh, there's a crossfitter yeah. <laughs> in, out in the wild. There he is. Yeah. He's a real tall guy, right? Yeah. Real tall. Yeah, what happened to him? What's he up to? He is doing mission work with his family in Iraq. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he's, uh, so they came to visit uh, this summer and they came over for dinner, him and his kids and his wife. And yeah, so they're doing some pretty awesome things. Yeah. But he's still like, we have a pull-up rig outside and well, like a, a, like a pull-up stand thing with like a squat rack and when he was here he just like randomly like did like a bar muscle up we're like all right you still got it it's <laughs> annoying yeah so what were your what were some what are some of your favorite you know crossfit movements that you do like if you were going to build a um a benchmark 
you know, called Riley, what would it, what kind of things would be in it? They do. We do have a workout. Um, oh, I love it. Okay. Tell and, us. And I honestly, like, I, I'll have to send it to you. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was things, it was things I was good at. I think it was handstand pushups. I think it was depth state handstand pushups, um, squat cleans. I think there's double unders in it. I honestly can't remember, but it was like those things. So I, I really like, I like squatting. I like, uh, cleans. I like deadlifts. I like pull-ups, toes to bar. I liked bar muscle-ups. I cannot do them anymore. Um, double unders, handstand push-ups. Handstand push-ups, love them. My favorite. Yeah. All day. Yeah. I love them, but I cannot do a handstand walk. <laughs> I, I think I'm like scared of just like, I, I like the fact that there's a wall there so I can yeah. be like on there, but not for, not for walking. I've never so I, don't, that. I don't know if you heard, but one of the, so the CrossFit games are happening tomorrow and the next day oh, cool. um, then, online. Yeah, them. yeah. So one of the events is actually a freestanding handstand hold for time. So that that's going to be interesting because that's never been tested before. We've seen these guys walk over obstacles and do that kind of stuff, but it, I'll be curious to see who can hold on for a couple minutes upside down like that. Not me. No. No, <laughs> that was against a wall, maybe. Right, <laughs> like and there's a there's a Diane workout too, where they do very heavy deadlifts and then strict deficit handstand pushups. So that wow. one should also be fun to look at. What do you know what the weight is for women? Two oh five. Yeah. So I yeah. would be able to do that before, <laughs> but not right. right now. <laughs> it's very cool. That's uh, well. Yeah, that's the cool thing about CrossFit, though, too. You know, you can go through these sort of ebbs and flows of your life and, uh, you know, sort of ease back into it when you're ready and things just come back quickly and, um, you know, you have that resilience. And I think it just, you know, it makes the rest of your life better when you have that kind of as a foundation. Yeah, that muscle memory, too. Like, I never really, because, again, I didn't really do sports, so I didn't know. I had to teach myself or learn everything from the start. And it took me, I want to say like five good years because it was 2016 where I think I, my personal best shape was in 2016. So from someone that never worked out, you know, I was able to string bar muscle ups together. And that was like five years of just like kind of learning how to work out, learning how to do a sport um, from somebody that just pretty much ran, you know what I mean? And did elliptical stuff and yeah. did bike stuff. So it's pretty awesome. cool to see, um, especially it's cool to see people in the gym that, you know, start from, you know, like I did not knowing how to do anything. And then that muscle memory just builds up and then you're able to build up that strength. And it's just cool to see, to see how, you know, people progress. Yeah, for sure. Well, we really want to thank you for taking the time um, to let us chat with you and, and see what your life has been like. I know that, you know, the journal article just gives you such a tiny little snippet. So yeah. it was really great to sort of get to know you. And, um, you know, we wish you all the best um, coming in December and getting your life sort of back in order and off the chemo and all that. We'll be, we'll be thinking about you and we'll hope you keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you. And, and just so our listeners know, the title of the article is Earned Organic Armor Withstands a 40 Mile Per Hour Car Strike. So if they want to read the article now that we've had you on, that's the, the title they can search under. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get a link in our, uh, in our intro on uh, YouTube as well. Cool. So have a great day. Thanks so Thank much. You. I can't, you know, your three-year-old will be home soon. You'll get to play and, and hang out. <laughs>
Thanks. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Take care, Bye. Riley. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Journal. If you like what you heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to the podcast. We would really appreciate it if you write a review. That helps us broaden our audience. We're also available on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. You can check us out there at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. And once again, I'm Scott Schweitzer. And I'm Kat Shear. And, and we're, we're taking, taking you beyond the journal. journal.